Welcome to the What The Mum podcast. My name is Maria Newman and I will be your host. Every mum-to-be knows that as soon as she becomes a mum, her world will change forever. Everyone is keen to give you advice based on their own experiences. Other mums delight in sharing their horror stories so that new mums are better prepared for what might happen. The lack of sleep, feeling exhausted most of the time, living in bodies with even more wobbly bits and never having any privacy. But everyone's story is unique. Everyone's experience is personal. On this podcast, I will be sharing real stories told by mums like you and I about their experience of motherhood and how life changes when you become a mum. This podcast is about showing you that you're not alone. We may not be in the same boat, but we are experiencing a similar storm. I hope these stories will inspire you to do what you want and be who you want to be. Anything is possible if you really want it and if it is really important to you. If you want to find out more about me and who I am, check out my website, mummyandabreak.co.uk. However, for now, sit back, relax and enjoy this podcast episode. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. During this podcast series, I will be interviewing six awesome women who will be sharing with us their mum story. My guest today is Elizabeth Phillips. Her purpose is to help mentor, guide and support both adults and children in their journey to become the very best version of themselves and obviously she's also a mum thanks for joining me today Liz (laughs) ah yeah thanks for having me I'm so excited to be here and I am a mom you are a mom so first of all tell us a little bit about yourself so that everybody watching and listening can get a sense of who you are Absolutely. I became a mom when I was really young. Well, really young for me, I was 22. Um, And although I had what I like to call street smarts, (laughs) I think emotionally, I wasn't quite prepared for what was about to happen. Um, So that was a long time ago. That was 30 years ago. And in the meantime, as a mom, single mom for the majority of that time, I put myself through school. I've got my undergraduate degree. I got my master's degree. I became a teacher. Um, And my life has since then shifted. I taught for about 16 years. And then I started getting into um, meditation, mindfulness, energy healing. And then my whole life shifted to what I'm doing now, which is that I'm no longer a teacher. I'm still a mom. (laughs) We're always a mom. Right. That will, my poor daughter will tell you, yep, she sure is. And she's 30. So, you know, she's, she's in a far beyond an adult and um, uh, she's like best thing that's ever happened to me. So anyways, that's so now I just, I do, I help kids and adults um, again, like you said, just be the best that, that they can be and understand who they really are and uncover who they were all this time through mindfulness, meditation, confidence, coaching, healing, and all of that stuff. So that's what I do now. Amazing. So did you always know that you wanted to be a mom? Uh, I always knew that I wanted to be a mom. However, I never wanted to actually have my own kids. I wanted to adopt. Interesting. I know. And then of course, at 22, having my own, I was like, yeah, I can't do this. I'm good. I mean, 
I did that, but <laughs> I did that, but I, I was like, no, I, I, I was, it was hard financially, emotionally, all of it. So of course that, that uh, idea of adopting was um, gone. So. So what was it? Why did you decide before that you wanted to adopt rather than to have your, have your own? That's funny. I can't, I don't know if I can really answer that question. I just remember thinking, I don't think I want to physically go through that. And why not just adopt someone who has a need? You know, I really, I think it was, I was so young. <laughs> My brain wasn't fully formed at that point. And so, you know, the decisions I made back then, who the heck knows why? Um, I just really, I, I think because I became a kindergarten teacher, which is age five, I think because I just wanted to help kids, you know, I just wanted kids to be safe, just wanted kids to be loved. And I thought, I don't think I'll have my own. I'll just help others. But I can relate to the fact that because we've given birth to a baby, it's not a walk in the park. It is painful. And when you're thinking about that when you're young and you're like, oh, my word, do the whole the process of having a baby I mean I don't know anybody who goes yay I can't wait to birth my child right scary you know it's funny because I grew up in a family I was the youngest of eight too so I'm thinking and my parents when I was young got divorced so I I just didn't want to be involved in all of that yuckiness I just wanted to help kids I think mainly because I wanted to probably help myself more than anything or you know like that five-year-old self of me um yeah, I just wanted to help kids be happy and not have to deal with the crap of what I perceived at the time, you know, people went through to start a family. And then perhaps, they, you know, they fell out of love. So then they weren't, it just was a lot of stuff informed that decision. Mm. Um, but I'm so, of course, so grateful and thankful for my daughter because truly she, you know, saved my life. So, so tell me more about that then. Why do you say that she saved your life? I was really young. Like I said, I was really young emotionally. Um, but I had been out on, on my own a sev- several times before I had turned 22 and had a baby. So um, out of the house at 15, taking care of myself and then back in the house. Out of the house at 16, again, like it was just dis- dysfunctional, not a happy space to be in. So I was always um sort of like surviving and then to get pregnant <laughs> you know uh, truly at 21 in the states when you turn 21 you are legally of age to drink so my friends and I just partied and partied and partied and partied and we probably I still probably would be doing that if I didn't have Brit I I, I swear to god she saved my life you know um and 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 having to raise her at 22 with a newborn at home um, right after giving birth alone and not really knowing what I'm doing. It's just, there was a lot that was difficult about it, but in retrospect, if she wasn't there to keep me off the streets, she saved my life. Truly. I know I'm giggling, but it's just, I'm trying not to cry. That's all. she's the best she's the best oh and that's and that is a great story so what what was it what helped you focus your mind 
because you you still could have gone several directions what was it that made you choose a path the path that you did well you know I was lucky to have a couple of couple of my siblings out of eight um really help and support me so I was able to work and I and I my mind was like work make money support this child and yourself you know get out on your own um have my own apartment um so I, I worked two to three jobs and I think that was just what I thought I needed to do. That was it. It was what I needed to do. Um, it wasn't until I met my partner right now, who I'm with right now, and we started living together, which was only 20 years ago, um, that we really started leaning on each other. And then I was able to go back to school. So I think my whole life, I've just been, just do what you have to do to get by. And yes, I definitely could have gone in another direction. and there are probably nights that I did go in one direction, <laughs> but it wasn't a night after night going out, you know, to the bars and the clubs and having fun. It wasn't. I had a baby at home. I had to disconnect from my family. I'm sorry, my friends um, completely because they had just turned 21, 22. And I really just felt isolated and alone, but it was fine because I this is what I had to do. I had this new responsibility and I had to take care of her had to take care of her. I mean, there was no question in my mind. You just have to keep going and work and just do it. That's it. I don't know. It's, you know, you just have to do it. Well, you do. And I think that is a great um, attribute of mums in general. And I am generalizing that it's not, oh, I was going to say, it's as if we've got no choice. There, There are things that we have to do so we just get on with it. We make it work. We find the ways, we find the solutions. Because we're mum, that's what we do. Right. There's a great quote. Look there's back a, afterwards. There's a really good quote. It's like oh. a, a. It's I know. I'm. I have to look for it. You know why? Because my brain. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's about like I don't know how you did it, and it's like, well, I had no other choice. You just don't have it. Yeah. I'm not going to look yeah. it up. You just don't have a choice. Like, what else are you going to do? You know, you rely on your family to watch your daughter. You're not going to be like, okay, thanks for watching her all day. Do you mind watching her again so I can go drink with my friends? You know, and that did happen periodically, but it's not, it wasn't something that A, I could afford, B, I should have done. So it was just few and far between, which ended up disconnecting me from them, but it was, it was fine. It's fine. I've actually reconnected with all of my friends and we're fine. So tell me about those early days when, you know, you're in your early 20s, you've got a baby. And I think you and I've had this discussion before, you know, you become a mum for the first time. It's not like you can go and practice before you actually do the real thing. It's like you're practicing whilst you're doing. So tell me about those early days. It was tough. I remember sleeping on the couch with Britt in the um, my carriage, which, um, you know, stroller. Um, that's where she slept. And when she slept, I slept. So, you know, I got newborn baby sleep. That's pretty much it. Tried breastfeeding, didn't work. So days after she was home, you know, she's screaming, I'm in pain, wondering why things aren't working. Yeah. Call my sister at night, like, please go get formula for me. I don't know what to do. This baby needs to eat. Um, I was definitely, definitely not to TMI too much information, but 
had an infection for sure. I had a fever. I was, I was delirious. It was the hardest probably month or two of my life. That's it. I slept like she did. And it wasn't a lot. She was colicky every night at 7 PM, like clockwork. She would scream in, I don't know what, I didn't know what to do. Um, and we hardly slept. Obviously it got better, but you know, it was hard. <laughs> I don't want to scare anyone. I don't want to scare anyone, but it was just me picking her up, cleaning her, feeding her, you know, putting her to bed and starting all over again, three hours later, it was just constant. And um, I went right back to work after two months because I had to. So I had two months where I didn't work and I just tried to raise her as much as I could and then went right back to work. And at that point I worked a day job, um, Monday through Friday. I worked nights in a restaurant waitressing and on the weekends, I worked at a bookstore. <laughs> so I know, I know. This? And, and at what point did you sleep, Liz? When I, well, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I've always been in this survival mode until most recently. Yeah. When I started, you know, getting into mindfulness and meditation, I've just always gone and gone and gone. And uh, I tend to not need a ton of sleep, um, but I need quality sleep. So do, when did I sleep? I don't know. I really don't know how I did it. I must've been a machine because knowing myself now, I would not, I cannot sustain that schedule. Even just this, the working part, not the baby part, you know? But I think that goes back to what you were saying earlier about the fact that, that there is no choice. You need to feed your baby, look after your baby. And it's like, right, what do we do? And we just... Mate, we're just always on that um fight mode you know it's the instinct to survive and you have to yeah. do whatever you need to do to survive yep so at what yeah. point did it start to get better Oi. <laughs> I'm trying I to... know you said recently but let's see um I know I'm, I, I'm giggling at myself here uh well you know what once Mike was in the picture and he was committed to being around um, again, I didn't ask him to be, he is not her biological father. He chose to be in our lives. Um, you know, uh, we ended up buying a house together and we still, it's funny because we still financially, for the most part, keep things separate. Um, my friends are, are his friends, but they're also mostly mine. Like we are, we're separate, but together. Um, and I think once we got to the point in our relationship where we understood no matter what, we'll be there for each other because we've never gotten married, um, but we made that commitment that I felt like I can just breathe a little bit because of him. I was able to go back to school to get my master's, you know, emotional support, physical support of Brittany, my daughter, um, being in the home and cooking the dinners while I was working full time and you know, this trend of me working full-time and doing other things working-wise or going to school has, didn't stop for a while. Um, but he was able to help support me at home emotionally and physically. Um, and I think that's when I really started to be okay. And that was probably um, 15 years ago. 
Again, I don't want to scare anybody. <laughs> That's me. That's my personal stuff. It's it not is. typical. Um, but when you know you have the support of someone else, it just does make it a little bit easier. And even if it was just emotional support, you know, knowing that he'll always be there for Brit no matter what, that was huge for me. And um, it's probably when we moved in together. So that was about 20 years ago. And so how did you navigate that whole um, situation scenario? Because for me, I've, I've led, because that's how life has panned out, I've led a very traditional life. But, you know, you're, you're there, you, you've got your daughter, you, you've met this lovely man. How do you navigate those relationships and that situation so that you're happy, you know, your daughter's feeling... That was tricky. And how did that go? That was tricky because he was, he's my age. So he was young as well. Um, and I never wanted him to feel like he had to be involved at all, as a matter of fact, because I was so fiercely like in, independent at that time, like, nope, I don't need anything from anyone. Um, even Brittany's biological father didn't support her financially or anything. So I was like, nope, I'm good. <laughs> I've got this. And so it was hard for me to, to, to let him help, really difficult. And also probably because I felt bad that he was in this, and this is coming from my own feelings of myself, but I felt bad that he was, you know, in this relationship with, a, with me, with a child, but he is so wonderful with her um, and just like a, another child. <laughs> in the sense of he laughed and joked around with her. And it was just, I mean, it was just a really nice, um, but it was difficult because I, I know that he had uh, rumblings from some of his friends saying, you know, why are you with the, I know he did, he told me, why are you with her? She has a child, she's looking for a father. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm just not at, at all. I'm just looking for a partner. Mm -hmm. um, but he ended up being the best for both of us you know, the best person to be in our lives. He's supportive. He's funny. He's um, insightful. He's analytical. I'm emotional. Um, we're very good for each other. But it was hard for him, I think. It was hard for him. He went, he went silent for a while. And I was like, what the hell's going on? Um, and, and I think he was just, I know he was because we talked about it after, but he was just making sure that this was right for him. Mm. Um, and giving him that space to be able to do that, I think, was really important. And so how has your relationship changed with your daughter now? Because like, like you said, she's she's not a child anymore. She is a fully grown, proper into adulthood adult. She really is. Um, our relationship has been fabulous. Our whole my whole life, uh, her whole life, I should say, um, our whole relationship has been great. I've I've. I've, I've been able to balance, I think, I'm your mother, you know, I'm the parent, not fear me, but, mm. you know, I know what I'm talking about. I've been through a lot of this stuff already um, with, with, you know, come and talk to me anytime you need to, I'm here, whatever. We've had a very open relationship our, uh, our whole time together. I don't know how to phrase that. Her whole life, <laughs> our whole lives. I, I feel like we've known each other in multiple lifetimes. Um, she feels like an old soul. So she understands, mm. she understands a lot. Um, you know, she went through teen phase, but it was nothing like I hear other kids go through. 
she's always been such a great compassionate person and funny. Really, I don't know. She's just great. I wish she was here with me so you could meet her. Um, she usually does my podcast with me and you didn't yeah. get to meet her then I either. I didn't. <laughs> you know, but she's, um, she's great. Yeah, she's on her own. She lives in Providence, Rhode Island. She loves being on her own, living in the city. Um, she's just a great kid. And our relationship hasn't changed at all. It's just where she taught me unconditional love, period. That's why- she's here but also you need to take some credit for how she's turned out because you you have influenced her life it's not like it's not like not like when she came out Liz she was like this being this wonderful being she obviously no no, I think she was I I think she was she cried a lot that's for damn sure but you know (laughs) uh I I always I'd like to joke and I'm self-deprecating so I think that um, my humor lightened moods when it had to I think that I definitely taught her that she doesn't, I mean, by, by actions, and this might not be healthy, that she doesn't need anybody, you know, like just be happy with yourself. Um, and I, I don't know, I think our relationship is even stronger now, especially because she's 30. I feel like I'm in my twenties and she's 30. So it's just, we're peers. No <laughs> yeah, we're peers, you know, she's, She's wonderful. She really is. I, I know I'm her mother, but everyone that meets her says there's just something special about her. And I'm like, well, of course. And I don't I know think... if I had anything to do with that. I really think she just did. became that person that she always was supposed to be. But I think you being a role model and showing her that actually you need to be happy with yourself first, yeah. which is something yeah. that, you know, I promote lots with my clients and the people I work with. And yeah. that, I think everybody, it's not just about mums or women, everybody needs to appreciate, first of all, it starts with you. Yep. You need to like you, you need to love you, you need to be happy with you. Yeah. And if you've got all of that in place, that is a great foundation for living life because the stuff out there, you shouldn't be looking for it to be validated. No. You can validate you. Yeah. And I struggle with that my whole life. And not until maybe three or four years ago, did Brittany once say to me, why are you talking so crappy about yourself? Because I was probably trying on clothes. I'm like, oh, I look like crap, you know, and she's the one who brought like, you got to stop doing that. I'm like, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know I have to stop. Um, But she, she, she brought that to light in a gentle way. And that was so kind. The other thing I taught her was to work hard. It's okay to work hard. Or like you have to work, you know, you should work to get to what you want. Um, Yeah, I don't know. She's just such a great kid. I wish she was here with us. Right. I'm going to I'm going to shine the spotlight back on you. So we know when we become a mum, we can immerse ourselves in being mum and forgetting that we are individuals. Did you did you find yourself? going down that route and then thinking, well, hang on a second, I've actually got to do things for me as well so that I'm ticking the boxes of what I need and what I want as much as I'm raising this wonderful little soul. Yeah, yeah, I I was definitely down that road for a long time with her. Everything that I did was because because she existed, you know, putting myself back to school because I needed to have a career instead of just a job. 
um, you know, working all of those jobs were for Brit so I could afford anything that she wanted. And that it, she wasn't spoiled by any means, but I did anything I could for her to have a normal quote life, one that I didn't, you know, different than mine. Um, so I ended up definitely doing almost everything just because she existed, which was, I was a choice I was fine with. Um, she went to college and when she left home to live in school, I think that's when I started to shift a little bit, which we really should be doing this daily and not when our kids are in our lives and are away at school. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's something I learned. You know, I learned that I should be doing this every day. I should be thinking of myself every day and not just because she's not here and out of sight, out of mind almost. Um, I think about her constantly still, but things that I do now um, aren't necessarily because Brittany exists. Um, it's because I need to keep existing. <laughs> so I take care of myself. I make sure that I take time for myself. I take care of my mental health and and at times my physical health and um, emotional for sure. Uh, so I, I learned that at a later age. And, and if you if your audience is a bit younger than me at this point, then it's best for them to learn that now. <laughs> at whatever age you're at, if mm. you are noticing that you're lost in the mom role 100% of the time, I think it's really important to even if you start with just five minutes a day, taking some time for yourself, um, because you can fall into, this didn't happen with me, but I've seen it in my family. You can fall into resenting your child, which seems almost impossible, but if you do everything for one person all the time, then you can start to feel resent, resentment yeah. um, and anger, which I hope no one does. Um, but I can see that forming and you just need to start thinking of you before it's too late. You do. And, and also we are role models to our children anyway. So if we're not looking after ourselves, if we're, um, focusing all our attention on other people, what message is that sending? You know, That's it's right. just going to be an ongoing loop where then when they grow up they're like oh so this is what happens we then stop looking after ourselves and we start looking after everybody else because you know that's right we're not as important or or I hate to in um enforce this gender roles because I don't believe in gender roles but if if let's pretend your son sees you constantly constantly feeding into what he needs and what he needs and what he needs whatever he needs and then how is he going to treat you know his partner mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't, again, I don't like to enforce typical gender rules at all, but I just feel like any person, they're going to either go one way or the other. They're either going to expect their partner to continue to give to them, or they're going to feel like they need to continue to give out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no matter who we're with. And um, you're right. We need to show our kids through our actions, first and foremost, how we want them to be not our words because our words don't mean anything well our, our words need to be reinforced with our actions don't they so if we're saying yeah. go out see the world experience stuff look after yourself then yeah. we need to be doing that as well otherwise they're like well hang on a second yeah you're telling me to do all sense. these things and then yeah. you're I don't, I, that's right i don't trust you what what what, what do right. i do with this <laughs> right 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 
And that's just not good for us in general to be out of alignment like that. Mm. Saying one thing and doing another is just not good for us. So we've talked about a lot of the challenges of being a mum and your experiences. Give me just one moment, if you can pick just one moment, where it's felt like time has frozen because it's been one of the best moments you've had being a mum. Well, you know, that's going to make me cry. Go on. Almost, any, almost anything makes me cry these days, um, especially <laughs> talking about Brittany. She's, um, you know, it's funny. One time. All right. So there was this oh, one moment where oh, when she had specific milestones, you know, like, and I'm not talking when she was younger, even I'm talking mm -hmm. Graduating from high school was huge. I came from a family where only four of us graduated from high school. You know, going to college and actually graduating from college is huge because I was the first one in my family of eight to actually do that same thing. So that was important to see when she made this scary step to leave an emotionally abusive boyfriend. Sorry. That's okay. That was huge when she... Um, one of the proudest moments that I have for my daughter is when she confronted her biological father and said at age 18, you know, listen, you really, she said these words to her biological father, which is unbelievable. You really screwed me up. Every relationship I have with um, any man is all screwed up because of what you did to me. And you have an opportunity to make it right for your next child. He had a, like a four or five-year-old daughter at the time. And she was 18 when she was saying this to him. Wow. Don't screw it up. And I'm like, that was so selfless. You know, like you have an opportunity to make up, to do the right thing with this child. Don't fuck it up. Excuse me. Don't screw it up. <laughs> you know? And I was like, that's just, who does that at 18 yeah. to their father, you know? And it was the truth. It's what everyone wanted to say to him because he really did um, screw with her and, and was in and out of her life and made promises he never fulfilled. And, you know, never mind the financial component, which again, I never asked for because it never came, mm. didn't expect it. Um, I just think that that was so brave. And I think it's probably the moment um that I'm most proud of for her oh wow and as you've said she has turned out to be an awesome human being anyway so she is, yeah <laughs> sorry got all oh, emotional oh that's all right that's Jeez, all I'm right. surprised I didn't cry more usually I'm <laughs> like <"Ooh." laughs> so we are coming to the end of our <sighs> time together um but I have well I have two questions for you the first one is from the conversations we've had today, Liz, what three things would you like our viewers and our listeners to take away from it? About being a mom? Yeah. Love your child no matter what. Um, teach them everything you want to teach them, but through your actions as well as your words. And let them be who they want to be. Was that three? That was three, and those are flipping. I'm like, don't write those down and making sure that because mine are still a little bit younger. Right, that's it. I love it. I love it. Uh, 
And then, and then finally, because this has been an awesome conversation. Every time we talk is an awesome, awesome conversation. Yeah, I love it. Um, our viewers and listeners will want to know more about you. They'll want to connect with you. How can they find you and connect with you? I don't know. They might not want to. Um, so I, I'm in the States. I'm, I'm, and I, I do have a website and I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram. I think Facebook and Instagram are the two places that I, um, I'm the most active. My website is, you know, there, but I don't really visit it often. Um, but if you want to find me, my business name is Mainstream Coaching and Wellness, but my name is Elizabeth Phillips. You can always just be my friend. Um, and same on Instagram, it's Mainstream Coaching Wellness with some underscores in there. Um, but I have a podcast myself too that Maria will, is a guest on and will be um, guested on and will be releasing soon. Um, and we get to chat, which was fun. And, you know, I'm in the process of writing a book, but it's not done yet. Um, oh, wah, wah. I do virtual meditations. I offer some virtual stuff that people can take a part of, take part of. Um, but if you find me on the social media places, that's where you, that's where you'll get the most of me, I think, because I post there regularly. And, and we'll put some links in the episode description. So it's easy for you to find where Liz great. is and connect with her that'd be great <laughs> so we have come to the end of our episode together and our conversation thank you Liz for thank you oh it's a pleasure and thank you everybody for listening I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast episode and if you did then of course please share it with other mums I have lots more resources for you that will help you on your journey through life. Just visit my website to access them, which is mummyonabreak.co.uk. You can also find out details about my book, Busy. Take care and see you the next time. Mm -hmm.